Shammer, Shammer, Shammer Sports Worldwide. Welcome to On the Rocks with Shark and the Hammer. I'm the Hammer. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Seth Evans. And that's Shark. You can follow him at Kevin Sharky. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys listening in, all of our Shammerhead Nation. Uh, so if you have any thoughts, questions, feedback, hit us up on Twitter at ShammerPod. Uh, we're here for all your Shammerheads and your thoughts. What is happening, Shark? Good to talk to you again. How was your Sunday and uh, what were you drinking on? Hey, man, I am good today. My Sunday, not so much. I drank a lot of water and a leave yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Saturday night was not a good night. We had our yearly Christmas party, and I still don't know what happened. Oh, that's a good sign. But uh, did you end up getting in any trouble with the wife, or did everything go calmly? No, she he was more concerned because she said that I looked like I was dying on Saturday night. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. When I was 22, like, okay, hey, listen, I, I, I did it. I drank. I booted. And then we're good to go. Now I'm like just embarrassed 48 hours later. It's like, how the hell did that happen? What did I do? Well, that's so funny you so. say that. I was, that makes me think about like, I don't get in trouble per se anymore about like getting hammered. Now it's more like the shame and embarrassment I feel, which is such a different <laughs> vibe than what I used to have. You used to wake up the next day like, wow, I don't remember anything last night. I'm the fucking man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't no, feel it would be like, okay, that's just life. Yeah. Blacking out was a common theme. Now, like, if I get past, like, a brownout, I'm in trouble. Like, it's going to be a rough couple of days. I like to go with a brownout for everyone, which, if you're not familiar with this term, it's where scenes are missing, but you remember nights. Yeah. I don't want to go past that. I call it, you know, I got it from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but browning out. It's a great way to go. It's a great phrase. That's I, the limit of where you want to be. I like it. That's the max. I mean, I, I just turned 40. You know, I, no, I can deal with a brownout. There is a two-hour window well, basically the last two hours, I do not remember on Saturday. And now it's just like, okay, well, this person saw me and what are they going to think? <laughs> the kids were over. Am I a piece of shit? Like what the hell happens? Yeah, exactly. No. You start wondering these things and that's, I almost feel like that's worse than like your wife being pissed at you. Like when you were younger, you'd have a girlfriend get mad at you for yep. getting hammered and being an idiot. Now it's like, you're more like your wife is just embarrassed for you. Like yeah. they know what they know what they signed up for, but they're like, ah, you moron. Yeah. And then you feel the shame. It used to be so exciting. I used to be so proud. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what age that officially changes. Is it it's an age? Is it a relationship? Because <laughs> you know what it is, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it's kids. I have yeah. kids now. Yeah, I can't be doing the things anymore with that would shame uh shame them, which is sad. But yeah. speaking of yeah. uh that that wouldn't be very fun, which makes me think about yesterday. Yesterday was not fun for me. I was drinking not quite like you did. Had a couple of uh, <laughs> had a couple of Jamesons on the rocks because it was a nerve-wracking Sunday. I did not have fun yesterday. I will say that with 100%. And I ended up winning. Yesterday sucked. Like, fantasy stopped being fun for me. So for everyone listening, I was playing in a game where if I won, I won first place. I won, what was it? What's the prize? 200 bucks? 200 bucks. 200 bucks, my game came down to that. It was win and I get $200, lose, and I'm in second, and I just want to kill myself. Now, going into this, I had no starting quarterback because Lamar Jackson and Marcus Mariota were hurt. So I started Gardner fucking Minshew. <laughs> what? Then T. Higgins decided, oh, I'm active. I'm not on the injury report. I don't need to play today. I'm just going to hang out. Then I had Noah Fant giving me zero. So three guys gave me zeros. 
Travis Etienne gave me 3.2 points, and a defensive lineman, Trey Hendrickson, gave me 1.5. So I had five roster spots give me less than five points. It was not a fun Sunday. <laughs> like, when, did, when, when is fantasy fun? Well, it's not in December, right? So in December, you're either not playing fantasy or it is not fun. Like, where is that line? When does it transition? Because we've all played this for years. I sit there in December and I watch my lineup like every four minutes. I'm reevaluating where am I at? Am I going to win? Am I going to lose? Like these games take hours. Stop, stop micro analyzing things. That's I, so, so funny you say that because at like 1.15 on Sundays, I'm like, oh, game's over. So yep. I'll put it in the books. I'm done. Oh, there's a 62% chance I'm losing. It's over. And I just stress watch. Yeah. No, I had somebody who had no points seven minutes into the game. His team hadn't even had the ball yet. And I was just like, well, he's going to have a bad day. My day's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what, are, what is wrong with us? Now, now, the counter to that. This morning is fucking awesome for me. I won 200 bucks. I'm in a well, You won. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, this morning's great. But, like, stress watching Tyreek Hill last night and a crazy fumble return for a touchdown. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking lose on, a, like, an 80-yard scramble because he's the fastest dude that's ever lived. Yeah. Now I have next week off. I get to enjoy the Sunday. It's a big game. Lions, Jets. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get hammered and enjoy myself. But the week after is week 16. I'm fucking going crazy at that point. I'm going to be standing up watching TV for seven seven hours of commercial free football, standing on my feet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, that'll be it's going to be some shit. And you uh, had a similar scenario yesterday. How'd that play out for you? I lost. So I was literally the exact same scenario Seth had. I was the one seed, but I did not have the points tiebreaker over the two seed. So if I lost and they won, I was going to give up the regular season championship and a payout, nice payout. And I lost, which sucks, but the two seed lost. So I'm good. I yeah. backed my way into some money. But oh, it was the sweetest words in the English language default. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and, but I feel like it's double misery, right? Like fantasy playoffs are awful because you're, what am I going to do? Oh my God, I'm not going to win. This guy didn't get me that points. Yesterday I was stress watching two games. I gave a crap about two other people's matchup because I needed that to go away from me. And it's like, I, I cannot handle this. No, it's, it really be, stops being fun at certain points. Now, again, better being in it and caring and not having fun than I guess being eliminated and not giving shit. But yeah. that's, you know, then the breaks. So last week I made the point that I don't know who the hell the Cowboys are. And yesterday, yeah, they were great and they were terrible, all wrapped up in one game. They barely beat the Houston Texans. I still, there's no clarity on this team. Now, are the Texans good? Mm. Are are they better than we think they are? (laughs) No. No, no, definitely not it. Now, so thinking about with the Cowboys from our conversation, again, Mike McCarthy is the wild card to me. They have the talent. The coaching staff is not good. He's no, he loses things. Do you know what I find happens a lot with the Cowboys? They play to the level of their competition. If they're playing a bad team, they play bad. If they're playing a good team, they don't play good. It, they seem to only get up for big games, which is a weird thing. You would think at some point they would actually try to, like, you know, destroy the bad team. But I'll take that a step further. They get up for big games in October and November. They, they don't get up for big games once the calendar turns. Valid. Very, very true. They do not really go anywhere. I so where do you think they go now? They're, what, 10-3? and three? They're two games behind the Eagles. I can't imagine they're going to catch them. They're not catching the Eagles. They're playing for a wild card. I mean, they should have the highest wild card, which means they're going to go on the road to whoever wins the crappy NFC South. So 
okay, great. But I, I don't know. They're like, there's this new narrative now, like, oh, look at Dak. He can he can play under pressure. I don't, I'm not giving you credit for a game-winning drive against the 1-10 Houston Texans. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is a 98-yard game-winning drive impressive against a team that can't win a game? No, because you shouldn't be in that situation. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm out on this team. It's the Cowboys. They're going to make me sick and they're going to win and they're going to lose and they're but this is exactly who they are there's nothing different from years past right now no they're not but they do have a very big decision this offseason regardless of what happens what do you do if you're them you have zeke who they have an out on and they have pollard who's going to be a free agent what do you do i mean tony pollard is better than ezekiel elliott right like we don't even have to have the conversation everybody agrees with that yeah like I, you have to find a way. I, I was reading about it. If they cut Zeke this year, I don't know the difference between March cuts and June cuts. Or So go listen to somebody smarter for, for that type of insight. But like, if they cut him this year, it looks like it's going to be an $11 million cap hit, which is less than his cap hit if he's on the roster. I feel like you have to cut him and you have to re-sign Tony Pollard and move forward that way. Like, Why would you bring Zeke back and not Pollard? It doesn't. It wouldn't make sense. It would be a strictly Jerry-like Zeke move, and that—that's not how you win. And that would explain the Cowboys. But it's the Cowboys, so that is always a possibility. Well, you've got to wonder. Do you think? I mean, Pollard's playing out of his mind right now. Do you think he's going to get some massive payday? Somebody will give him something stupid, but then again, Saquon's a free agent. He's playing really well. Not lately, but you know. Josh Jacobs is a free agent. He's having a career year. Like I Miles don't know. Sanders like, is a free agent. He's having a monster year too. Yeah. He, like, what is what is going to happen with this year's you know March's free agency is going to be super interesting. Running backs are going to get stupid money, I think. And well, I don't know. I wonder. So that's my that's my thought. What, the last big running back contract was what? See, I don't know if teams are going to be jumping to spend ninety million dollars on a running back anymore. Well, the other point, the other thing to keep in mind, and we haven't dove into this yet, we won't until after the season ends. This is a really good running back draft class. Like there yeah. are, you know, top level. Okay, there's Bijan Robinson looks like an absolute superstar, but then there's eight more guys who are at least on the Damian Pierce and Rashad White level from last year. Like there's going to be an influx of talent. Everything's going to change with running backs next year. Yeah, but at the same time, to that thought. Do you think teams are looking at a scenario – take the Carolina Panthers, for example. They had the best running back in the league with Christian McCaffrey. They moved him, and they have better play from their running backs now with three guys whose names I barely know. Yeah. Who, so, by the way, one of those guys replaced Derrick Henry last year, and they were fine. That's what I mean. Like, Mike Davis looked like 85% of Christian McCaffrey when he was in Carolina, and the guy can't keep a job. Like – I have this old theory and I've said it to you before. I don't think wide receiver and running back skill position players are worth huge contracts. Now Tyreek Hill might be making me look a little stupid right now on that one, but in general you win with a quarterback and you win with it in the trenches. Like you go look at the list of great running backs from the last 20 years. They don't, they don't win the Super Bowl. Those are not the teams winning the Super Bowl. No, I'd be really curious. I feel like either all of them are going to get a lot of money or none of them are going to get money. And I'm really, I have no idea which one it's going to be. So going into this coming Sunday, the Lions are going to face the Jets in probably the biggest game these two teams have ever had against each other. I mean, um, two of the biggest games they've ever had. 
Uh, this is easily a top five Lions game ever. <laughs> like, easily one of the five biggest games of our, of our history. At least since the NFL and AFL merger. No, and it got me excited thinking, oh, we don't even have to do, like, I wish they would start Zach Wilson because I hope you're ready for this one. I, I hope you're sitting down because I'm going to blow your fucking mind right now. Zach Wilson was the second pick in the draft. People really thought he had potential. I heard a stat that through 20 starts, Zach Wilson has similar numbers to, are you ready for this one? Jamarcus Russell. That alone would make me cut Zach Wilson, but I'll tell you the exact stats. Yards per attempt in their first 20 starts, Russell had 6.2, Wilson 6.3. Touchdown to interception ratio, Russell had 15 and 13. Wilson is 13 and 16. Passer rating, 70.6 for Russell, 70.7 for Wilson. I mean, is it time to cut bait? Listen, if you're comparing me to Jamarcus Russell and it's how much money have you made for doing absolutely nothing, I'm in. Give me that comparison. But in any other walk of life, do not be in the same conversation as Jamarcus Russell. Uh, Zach Wilson, it, they can't keep him. Like, I know they've benched him, but there's this can't be like a reclamation project and he needs to learn. Like, he is not good. He, he They have to get rid of him, right? Like, is, is it too soon to bail on the number two pick? Well, so that's the, that's the real question is when is the right time to bail? Now, I got one more stat that's really going to blow your mind. So Zach Wilson's terribleness. Okay, you ready for this? Garrett Wilson, I think we can all agree, is one of the top two receivers that came out this year. Yep, he's a stud. Yep, so 17-game pace for Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson as his quarterback. 92 targets, 63 receptions, 774 yards, and zero touchdowns. That's not good. Nope. The 17-game pace for Wilson with Joe Flacco or Mike White as his quarterback, 190 targets, 105 receptions, 1,600 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Joe Flacco and Mike Witt aren't good. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, you're not even upgrading to a, a good quarterback. You're just literally putting somebody else in there. Anybody else. Like, the answer to who's better than Zach Wilson is anybody. So, if you're them, so, you know, you look at a team like, some teams hold on too long and some teams never will get your, get rid of you immediately. I mean, when do you properly give up? Look at the Cardinals. They bailed on Josh Rosen after one year. They were right. The Giants have held on to Danny Jones for four years, and they might re-sign him. I think in today's NFL, uh, we have a, a common friend who has basically said over and over again that the salary cap, it does not exist. It, it's a myth. In today's NFL, you take the hit and you bail the second you don't know. Like, not only the Jets on Wilson, but maybe the Steelers need to be thinking about Kenny Pickett and moving on from him after this year. I don't Ooh. think it's too soon. Are we a year away from this conversation about Pickett? I think so. He does not look good, although I got to say Mitch Trubisky did his best job to make Pickett look good yesterday. I was really – he's a good teammate. Yeah, he really like dove on the sword for that one. Trubisky is bad, man. Um, That was fun and exciting, like thinking, oh, maybe he'll come back. No, he is awful. He's going to be a free agent, and I don't know if a team signs him. Not for any kind of starter money, no. Why would you? No. And uh, speaking of free agents, there was a report yesterday. Your boy, Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, (laughs) is planning on playing in 2023. And he's going to be a free agent with no option for franchise tagging. So if you're Tom Brady, where are you going? If I'm Tom Brady, my life is so different right now. Let's just dream about that for a second. Um, oh, my God. I would just be sitting on a beach. I would not be eating avocado ice cream and getting destroyed by guys half my age. 
I wouldn't be worried about how much I drank Saturday night. That's for damn sure. No. Um, if I'm Tom Brady, I am not leaving the NFC. Like anyone that's a free agent as a quarterback, right? Like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joey, Joey Burrow. I'm forgetting a Tua. Like the AFC is loaded and these dudes are locked up. If you're Tom Brady, you're looking around the landscape of the NFC and you're like, okay, Jalen Hurts and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So who in the NFC is he going to? I feel like things have soured in Tampa. Like you watched some of the, the sidelines yesterday, this, the shit with him and Mike Evans. They're not, yeah, they were not happy yesterday. Things are looking like, ugly. They do not like each other anymore. I don't know what that breakup is or was, but. No, but so so now where does he go? Does he go to San Fran? Do they, do they hold off Trey Lance and claim it's the injury? Do they hand the team over to Brock Purdy? <laughs> I mean, I want it to be Brock Purdy because that's just the storyline of all storylines. I don't believe in Trey Lance, but no, realistically, I just, I don't know. I guess you don't say no to Tom Brady if he says he's choosing your team, but I don't think he goes there. Well, so you got to think about it like this. Brady's not going to a team that doesn't have a chance to win. He's yeah. not going to a team with a bad defense and he needs offensive weapons. If he has that, he can win you a title. I mean, the Brady factor. Well, he, also, range. He, he needs cap space too, because what he's going to do is once he signs somewhere, how many other guys are going to go play with him? Yeah, he does have that. He has the I'm Tom Brady come sign here. Although, let me ask you something. He's not bulletproof anymore, I feel like. I don't know if everybody's going to be jumping to go play with him anymore. I don't know that I would after what you've seen this season. Uh, he's souring on guys. He, he doesn't look great. I mean, because – are the Bucks really that bad? Like, is this team really that bad? I don't think so. Like, he's got to be part of the problem. Is Todd so Bowles the worst coach ever? Well, that might be a thing. Well, Mike McCarthy. We were already talking about Oh, him. yeah. Is, is Todd Bowles the worst coach in that division? <laughs> yeah. Steve Wilk, I, I like Steve Wilkes so far. I like Steve Wilkes now that what's-his-name went back to college, Matt Rule. Um yeah. I don't know. I, I have questions about Arthur Smith in Atlanta because yeah. he does not know what to do with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like, you, you use your weapons. That's a very easy answer. Use your weapons. Well, the best thing to do is get a tight end and a wide receiver who can catch anything and then run the ball. Yeah, with Cordero Patterson. So yeah. so I know we just said he should stay in the NFC, but uh, my pick for Brady is the Jets. What a perfect story. It's, it's Brett Favre on the Vikings. Thing- perfect story to go there and the Jets and especially if they can beat the Pats oh my god just another nail in the like I'm better than Belichick combo oh my god which at this point that's the only thing he's playing for right like he just wants to continue to you know rub it in his face well I always wonder if it's like Joe Paterno like so Joe Paterno the second he was done coaching he died because he literally (laughs) didn't know what else to do other than that like Brady's not Brady's happy if Joe Paterno was but like Brady retired does he just drop dead it's on the con- it's on the table. I-, I don't know. Like he is football, and now that he's, you know, his wife's gone, and I I, I don't really want to get into any of that stuff. That's not for us to talk about. But yeah, what else does he have? He's not. He's playing next year. I would bet everything I have that he's playing next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine him retiring, and especially like when he does, he's going to go out with fanfare. He's not going to be the like oh he didn't say anything and he's gone. He's going to get the, like, every team is going to give him something, you know, that like Derek Jeter, Moe retirement tour. No. They're going to do that for Brady. Yep. 
I will say though, so what he didn't face three years ago when he was in free agency and he's dealing with this time is there's a better option potentially. So Lamar Jackson's also going to be a free agent this winter or spring or whenever the hell free agency is. If I'm a team, you want to sign Lamar over Brady, right? I mean, unless you're looking at one year, one shot, Lamar is a better option. So does Brady have to wait for that to play out? And where's Lamar I don't think going? so. I think that's a totally different way. I think it's a totally different team goal. Like you said, if you're going all in, like I said, the Jets have a great defense right now. They have Garrett Wilson. They have the Brees Hall back next year. They have a good line. They, they can make a run at a title with Brady next year. Whereas I can't see a team getting – I can't see a team going after Brady that would also be interested in Lamar, who's focused on the next five years. Lamar is a franchise setup type of signing. I, I would agree with that. So I think this is my dark horse. And you have to correct me if I'm wrong because I feel like this might just be my brain working this way. I think the Lions are a dark horse to get Lamar. They would be a perfect team for him. <laughs> So that's you, the Lions fan, or you, the football fan, that thinks I, that? I think both, but I also <laughs> feel like I'm clouded. You might be slightly clouded on that one. At the okay. same time. Here at the case. Here at the case and tell me what you think. Great running game. Yep. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Imagine them doing the RPOs nonstop with Lamar. I think Williams is a free agent, but yes, let's go with it. For now, argument's sake, let's say they bring him back because they'll have some money. So they have that. They have Amon Ra, who is great underneath. Yep. They have Jameson Williams, who all of a sudden is looking better each week. Yep. Uh, they have a solid uh, offensive line. They can protect him. Now, the defense is god-awful. They're going to drop tight end in the top 15. Oh, God, please no. <laughs> uh, no, but the defense is not good. So it's a high scoring. He'll get to play. He'll be running. Yeah. I think he could be fun on that offense. Oh, he could definitely be fun in that offense. It's will the Lions finally open up their their checkbook, or or do they believe in Jared Goff? It's an interesting well, one. Seem- I, I'm not going to rule that out. No, they keep talking about Jared Goff is not a bridge quarterback, which makes me think that they like Goff enough to stay for another season. But uh, I'd be really excited to see him. Where do you see Lamar ending up? I think he's going to be back in Baltimore when all is said and done. I I, I just get this feeling i mean they've spent so much time building that team for him and then coupled with this season not going the way he wanted he's not having he's not having what josh jacobs is having as far as a you know build up your value in a contract year i I think the market's going to be smaller for him than we think i think he ends up back in baltimore now do you think it'll be on the franchise tag or do you think they give him a new deal this offseason i think they'll give him a new deal I, I, i don't think it'll be as i think it'll be a kirk cousins deal I think it'll be like a two or three year fully guaranteed. Not, you know, it's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes type of deal. No, he wants that fully guaranteed money. So like I get the, uh, that'll probably end up happening. I, I would like to see him get traded to somewhere like the lions. I would be really excited. Um, but yeah, I, odds are he'll probably stay with the Ravens. It makes yep. more sense that way. So switching gears from the pros to the soon to be pros, interesting situation in Ohio state that I want to get your thoughts on. There's an elite receiver down there, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is a junior. He had a ridiculous sophomore year, like absolutely crazy numbers. And um, then basically was hurt. His entire junior season has played a grand total of three games with five catches this year. 
his team is in the national championship playoff with a chance to actually win the title. He's already declared for the NFL draft and said that he's not playing. We've seen guys sit out bowl games before. We've never seen someone sit out the actual playoffs. What do you make of that? Did, was he there? Did they win anything since he's been there? They've not won a championship. They, okay. they made the, they have had a string of, they're not as good as Michigan. So all of the Michigan fans that listen to this will be happy. Um, they had really good seasons, but no, they've not won since okay. he's been there. Well, because I was going to say, if he won one, easy, no thought about it. But honestly, fuck college. They make so much goddamn money off these guys, and he literally, if he sprains his knee or tears an ACL or some shit, he's done. He's done. I mean, do you remember that dude, Jalen Smith? Is he even yep. still in the league? <laughs> he actually has signed with the Giants practice squad recently and may have gotten in the game. But, yeah, no, that's a great point. He was, he was a first-round line- linebacker. Yeah, and then he blew out his knee in the championship or in the playoffs or whatever, and never he dropped down to the second or third round. He's never he lost millions of dollars. Yeah, this dude's going to be working at some high school as a coach, like you know, to build up. And it's like, why? Why would you? Why would you risk that? You you don't need to. I mean, this dude that you're talking about, it sounds like he's already going to be a top pick this year anyway. What yeah. what does he have to gain? I don't think he has anything to gain. He's got something to like. Do you consider this though? Would you look at that as a red flag? Do you think of him as a bad teammate, or, or is he lacking a desire to win? Or is I he just trying to take care of himself? I don't. Tell you what, if he sits out an NFL game where he's being paid to play, then yeah. But like, and I know the and I know the argument. Well, he's at college; they're paying for his education. This dude is not caring about his education. He's not there for the education. No. He's a highly recruited coming out of high school, highly, you know, projected yes. round draft pick next year. Yes. He's there for one reason. He knew he was going, he, when he went to Ohio state, it was with the idea of going to the NFL mission accomplished. If yep. he's ready to be drafted, why would you take any more chances? Don't risk it. Just get there. Just get there, get there and get your money and work your ass off. And then it doesn't matter what you did in college. You know, like you know, the only guys we talk about what they did in college don't fucking matter in the NFL. Like, everybody remembers Tim Tebow's college career or Matt Leinart's career. Where the fuck are those dudes now on Sunday morning, on Saturday mornings at uh, college game day? They did not do it in the NFL. And no, that's a good point. You don't talk about the great college careers of the guys who have great NFL careers. Peyton Manning had a great college career. Nobody gives a crap. Where did he even go? I couldn't even. (laughs) He went to Tennessee. I have so much to teach you. Uh, yeah, I, I skipped college football completely. I, <laughs> this goes back to so so everyone can understand why. I, I don't watch college football. It started because I refused. There was no playoff. Then it turned into I can't take the entire weekend away from the family. So I've just accepted that college football is just not for me. I'll watch it randomly if it's on, but I'm not I'm not hell bent on it. And it helps that, me in the drafting and dynasty. Yeah, no, I like that. Saturdays are for family. Sundays are for football. Exactly. And then the family doesn't even, barely, you know, barely talks to me on Sundays. It's perfect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if I'm this dude, I'm sitting out. I wouldn't like, once you know, you're good. Like after last season, why even bother playing this year? Okay. So now kicking us over to a totally unfootball related topic. Baseball hot stove has really been some interesting for us. Uh, myself, a Yankee fan and Sharky is a Phillies fan. This has been quite an off season. So, it's been a little bit of a, a wild ride, stressful and then exciting. Yeah. Uh, so I thought Judge was gone. I saw the tweet about Arson Judge. I thought he was going to San Fran. And <laughs> honestly, I was good with it. I was kind of, kind of cool. Like, okay, good. We're not paying this monster dude who can't stay healthy for the next 10, 10 years at $40 million per 
I got okay with that. Nope. Then all of a sudden, it changed. And I'm really happy Judge is back now. <laughs> it took me a few days yeah, to come around. Exactly. You're allowed to change your mind based on what's happening. Yeah, so like, <laughs> it's scary, the idea of paying him for nine years, $40 million per year. That's a lot of fucking money. Now, again, it's not my money, so who, who? what do I really care? Right, the Steinbrenners have it, so I don't really care about them. I don't feel bad for them if it goes south. No, but you know what does scare me? 2026, the Yankees are paying Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge in their age 33 and age 34 seasons, like $75, 80000000 million. Do and they these... keep spending, or are the Yankees going to do this like, oh, we're going to not spend as much, we have our limits? which is new for this Steinbrenner group. And it, it goes to the unrealistic Yankee fan expectations. Well, that's the real thing is like, we know who Aaron judge is and you know, he talk about a dude who took advantage of a contract year and made himself for money. What he did last year is historic. What yeah. he did last year is not what he's going to do every year. Like Aaron judge is who Aaron judge is. He's going to have a couple more great years. He's going to have a couple years where he plays 45 games. Like they're, it's gonna get ugly in the Bronx. I'm worried. Yeah. So here, well, here's the problem. It wouldn't get ugly if the expectations were realistic. So right now, if I said to, so I, I like to think of myself as a pretty level-headed Yankee fan, and then we have our buddy Paulie, who is a batshit crazy Yankee fan. <laughs> if I said Aaron Judge is gonna average 35 homers a year over this nine-year deal, I'd be like, wow, that's all right. Yeah, that's a good deal we got then. If I told that to Paul, he would jump off a building. Yeah, it's not good enough. He, he's going to be angry on April 7th and the rest of the season. Yeah, but and that's, that's what's the issue ha- is more – yeah, of course. It's the expectations of what's going to happen. He's going to miss a season. The guy is a walking oblique injury. But I get why he's, he's like, had a time. Six foot eight, like six yep. foot eight bodies don't last in – like it's 162 games a year. He's not built for this. It's a great contract. And if you get one World Series, Alex Rodriguez, it's worth uh, it. 100%. Speaking of, speaking of bodies not holding up, I saw the best stat of all time. Uh, so Aaron Judge is 6'8", 280-ish pounds. He has a chance, based on this contract, that, to be the oldest player over 270 pounds to hit a home run. Right now, do you know who the reigning uh, person is for the over oldest and biggest? Yeah. No, no I don't. 37 year old, 300 pound Bartolo fucking Cologne. <laughs> we, the Bartolo Cologne is too good for this world. We do not deserve him. <laughs> no, we do not deserve him. So, you know, Aaron Judge is going to try to match Bartolo Cologne and match yeah. what dreams come true. That's, I mean, that's really what it's all about. Like, if he can do that, then he is, then it's worth it. Yeah. But yeah, so as Yankees, it really is about expectations. If he's going to have a solid, season you know nine years 35 homers a year average i will take that i'll sign up for it most yankee fans will not but uh i want to turn your attention because you've got a great player as a phillies fan but i would be terrified right now as a phillies fan speaking of money spent in the future yeah Uh, how do you feel about the trey turner deal so i i mean they went to the world series this year and we did it without a middle infield i feel like the trey turner deal could be brilliant 11 years, $300 million, because they have a real shot to win the World Series in the next two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about 2026 and them paying them 33, 34, 35 years old, $70 million. In the year 2031, Bryce Harper and Trey Turner are <laughs> both going to be 38 years old and they will be making a combined $54 million. Like, 
I'm I feel worse about that than you should about yours. That is eight scary. years old. That is scary. So 2031, you'll be 49. You'll be closing in on your 50th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll still be watching Bryce Harper and Trey Turner. It's going to be three years of really exciting Phillies baseball and then eight years of, holy shit, is it 2032 yet? So we can start over. But that's the thing. Baseball's ruined. Like, baseball has ruined the way contracts work. Like, you're constantly being paid for things you've already done. Yeah. It is. I mean, every sport does that, but baseball, I feel like, has taken it to an extreme. You do not get paid for what you're about to bring to the team. You get paid for what you did yesterday. Yeah. It, 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 these teams, I mean, the Padres, if they don't win a World Series in the next few years, it's going to be a disaster. The Phillies, I mean, like a team like the Yankees, they find a way around it because you guys have bottomless pockets. I know Hal and, and company doesn't want to operate that way anymore, but you can. The Phillies cannot. Like when this, no. when this, you know, when these guys are 34 years old in 2026, that's it. That's the end of this run. And then it's just, we are looking at 70 wins a year for a half a decade. Yeah. And you know what, like you said, it, Yankees aren't bottomless anymore. Like they used to be with George around, they were bottomless. Now yeah. there is a bottom. It's just far. <laughs> it's just larger than everybody else's. Yeah, exactly. But baseball is weird, man. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what else happens in the rest of the off season, but uh, I'm both Glad and terrified judges back. Okay, so the next thing that's really come up that's really been boggling my mind, we have booked a trip to Disney with me, the wife, the kid. Kid's six years old. He's bouncing off the fucking walls for this trip. Very exciting. I am, I'm excited. I haven't been to Disney in 20 plus years. I have to tell you, though, I'm really annoyed already about it. I, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you or anyone listening. I don't know what I want to have for dinner tonight. How in the fuck does Disney expect me to pick reservations 60 days in advance and know what time I want to eat those days? <laughs> That's the kicker. It's not you have to know if you want pizza or a cheeseburger on February 5th. You have to know if you want that at 445 or 715. What world are we living in? That's not how life works. No. Especially so with a six-year-old. Oh, my God. It's so fucking stupid. I, like, want to scream. But I, I understand the idea of being like, hey, like pick a re- I almost think they should do it like pick pick a restaurant you want to eat at while you're at, while you're there. Yeah. While you're there, you can get in there. You just have to give them an hour heads up. Yep. I can deal with that. I think that's fair because you're you, I don't you, you have to figure out what you want. You have to figure out. Uh, uh, so we're going to Disney at the same time as Seth and family with our six year old and our three year old. And, and we'll obviously be shammering up around the world and drinking could be a live podcast in everybody's future absolutely um but like it's not kids cannot handle disney world kids can't handle anything let's just pull back the curtain kids are terrible (laughs) at existing but that is the most exhausting shit in the world like they go from on cloud nine to miserable and then right back again in a matter of minutes in Disney World, you need to find that happy time. That's when you want to go eat. Because that's the only time as an adult you get to sit down when you're in those parks. Uh, you don't want to be sitting there with a miserable kid. Effing. No, I, and how the fuck am I going to know what he... I can't even tell you what he's going to eat this week. Like, we're trying to get groceries for him. Like, oh, it turns out the jelly sandwich that he ate only for two straight weeks nonstop. Oh, it turns out he doesn't like it anymore. <laughs> now like I that. have two two loaves of bread and two giant fucking things of jelly in my house. <laughs> like, great. 
Great. <laughs> Effing appetite. Like, when does that change? I, our kids are both six, so neither one of us could help. But at a certain point in time, they become functioning human beings who they stop disliking foods, right? Like, that's a thing that we have to look forward to. Yeah, and then you get the conversation of like getting them to try stuff, and are you being a dick pushing too much? Because I'm always like, well, you've got to try stuff. You can't say you don't like it, right? You, you, but... try, you can't tell me you don't like it without trying it, and then you, you know, you start negotiating. Well, you take a couple bites of this, and then you can have dessert, and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm basically admitting to you that this food is shit, and if you just do it because I'm telling you, then you'll get chocolate out of it. That's not a good way to parent. Like no. Speaking of not a good way to parent, my sister makes fun of me about this all the time. When he was younger, I, I, I had to say to him, finish your bacon and then you can have a cupcake. And <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I can't get Noelle to eat bacon. Like, she will not try it. She looks at it and she's like, nope. And I'm like, you, it just has to touch your lips. Like, that, it, you just one half a second and your entire life will be changed. Nope. She has decided based off of something about the way it looks that she is completely out on it. That's funny. So my kid doesn't really like to eat any sort of protein other than chicken nuggets and bacon. And he did every Sunday morning I wake up with him like face, like nose to nose, like, Hey, you're going to go get me a bagel. And every <laughs> Sunday I ended up having to get him a bagel with just bacon on it. That's okay. I mean, listen, it's like a bacon, egg and cheese without, Egg and the egg cheese. or cheese <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, you know it's funny i go to the same place and at first they were like wait you want what and now they're like oh hey yeah bacon, bacon, hey it's bacon, bacon guy yeah it's bacon on a rainbow bagel guy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah having kids is weird and knowing what i knowing what we're gonna eat in 60 days is just shenanigans i i call shenanigans on you disney it's it's not, it, kids are wild the the but here's the thing the juxtaposition between I can't get my kid to eat a bite of bacon and I am so annoyed at you to then turning it around in a different situation and you leave the house and everything is out, you know, F you world, you touch my kid, you mess with my kid. I will literally murder you. Last weekend, we brought the kids to see Santa and mm. it's Santa real, you know, jolly kind of creepy. If you think about it type of thing. It's and very Noelle, creepy. It's yeah. So Noel six, she goes up to him. And he's like, you can sit on my lap or, or you can stand. And she kind of looks at him and <laughs> she looks at the bench that he's on. And she's like, well, there's, there's space there. So she <laughs> squeezes herself on the bench next to him. And he made this look like, what are you doing? Dude, you're not the real Santa Claus. You're a 60-something-year-old Wait, dude. Who's time out. He's not? Shit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I think he works for him. I think he works for him. <laughs> we uh we decided to go with uh i'll let you get back to this but to tell you we explained it to our kid as their clones mm. ours are they, they work for him and they haven't questioned it past that and so we just leave well enough alone yeah we let the, the clone thing go coming, but yeah but yeah but, so the sitting on the lap thing is weird i yeah I, I get it if they're little kids but like she's six now she's seven like I hate that we live in a society that we have to have these conversations with a six and a seven year old about, Hey, your body don't let anyone, but we do. I, I yeah, don't of course trust you do. anybody, especially raising two girls. Like I'm terrified of the world and suspicious of everyone. When that dude looked weird, I was like, well, there's something wrong with you. I, like, I, I know there's something wrong with that man. You <laughs> have to take, you have to have a weird, you have to be a little strange to willingly 
you want children to come sit on your lap. I, 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 you can't convince me otherwise. Don't get me wrong. My kid sits on my lap, but I would find it odd if when we're with your family, I was like, hey, Noel, come sit on my lap. I'm like, what? No. Right. Like, <laughs> like, no. like don't, don't invite other kids onto your lap. Like, let's just like, here's a very common sense thing as an adult. Do not invite other kids to sit on your lap. Done. Yeah. And hey, I, I'm not doing it <laughs> like because I don't <laughs> want to be put in that scenario. No. So I, no. I like to willingly do that. There has to be something off. And I know it's the, oh, it's tradition. People did this. People did that. Yeah. Tradition is also people are really fucked up. Tradition, we, we can we can stop banking on tradition and, and we can accept that things are changing and we can maybe not look weird at a kid who has been taught to stand up for herself. Yep. She's yeah. got enough stacked against her. She's got enough. She doesn't need adult men to be looking at her questioningly. No, and th- their generation is in so much trouble. They're going to have such a shit show. We thought we were screwed with what our parents left the world to us. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> We were like handing over a dumpster fire that then ran into an orphanage. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the good days. Yeah, exactly. Now that we've gone all doom and gloom on everyone, uh, what do you, on a positive note, what do you have planned for Christmas with the kids? Are they, how do you guys handle it? What do you do on Christmas, Christmas Eve uh, for us, Hanukkah and Christmas? So Christmas Eve is, I mean, we're Italian. You've heard me, you know, wax poetic about Feast of the Seven Fishes for years and years. Uh, we go over to my cousin's house. It's a big party and we've kind of turned it into a non-sit-down Feast of the Seven Fishes. It's a lot of dips and and spreads and crostinis and we just kind of drink wine and eat the good food and we'll stay there way too late. This way we don't have to deal with kids trying to go to bed and being too excited. Oh, it's a 20-minute ride home. They pass out on the ride home. Best <laughs> strategy we ever came up with. We just carry them into bed and they wake up the next morning. Um, way too early. And then Christmas, way we stay early. home. We stay home. Our parents will come over and we're just not going to do anything. Nice. That's a, good, that's a good use of it. So we celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. So we figured out a way to kind of mold those days together. Uh, my wife, I got very lucky. It turns out my wife celebrates Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day, which fits for me because being Jewish, as I'm sure you guys can all take away from this podcast at this point, uh, we do what we like to call the Feast of Seven Sesame Dishes uh, on Christmas Day. We order as much Chinese food as we possibly can, and we eat all day long. Um, I started calling it the Feast of Seven Sesame Dishes, but uh, uh, trying to make that one catch on, I don't know if it will. So, uh, I mean, I don't. I will never use it, but I'm in. That's the best yeah. thing. So there's that. So that's, we spend uh, Christmas Eve, my wife and I have built this tradition where we build a lot of the toys okay. the night before, because what's dumber than the kid ripping open this package? He's so excited for this toy. And then he has to wait an hour for me to put it together while I'm hungover. That's no, that's not fair to the kids. I'm right there with you. Get that stuff prepared. And like, then you don't, then you don't have to do anything on Christmas day. Exactly. It's so my wife and I, my wife and I have the tradition on Christmas Eve. She wraps things. I build things. We get hammered. We like to brown out on Christmas Eve. So it also helps on Christmas morning not having to do as much. Um, so we go with that move. And I've always told my son that Santa really likes whiskey and pretzels. So we always make sure to leave whiskey and pretzels out for Santa. I'm going to try that this year. Not that I dislike the cookies, or I'm sure he doesn't dislike the cookies. But there's some other things that can be had that night. I like that. The guy likes the party, man. Yeah. Um, 
so there's that. So that's what we'll be doing. I'm sure my wife will want to cook up something for Christmas Eve. Usually she likes to do a pork shoulder or some pernil. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. And then we stay home and we just, uh, Christmas day is Chinese food, basketball games, and, uh, my kid playing with toys all day. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be a fun thing. And, uh, I'm sure we'll chat again before that, but, uh, for all you guys listening, please send us some ideas on, uh, at Shammer pod. Uh, we want to hear what you guys do on Christmas, Christmas Eve. We're looking for good names. Also, if you have anything better than feast of seven sesame dishes or feast of seven fishes, you come up with some names that are better. We want to hear them. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. This has been a Shammer Sports Network production. On behalf of the Hammer and Shammer Heads everywhere, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, give us five stars, and leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.